And we're back. Welcome to Real Lucha Podcast. Lawrence here. And this is Miguel. And we're here to bring to you another breakdown of AEW Dark. This one being episode 86 to talk about the Ellis Island of Pro Wrestling. And let's get into it right away with the breakdown, which is our gimmick that we use to quickly sum up the matches. Mm, Sounds good to me. Welcome to the AEW Dark Breakdown of Episode 86. Excalibur and Taz are on commentary. First match to begin tonight is D3 and Fuego Del Sol versus The Acclaimed. Sol does the job as Max and Ant end it with a claim to fame. Second match is David Ali and Aaron Fry versus Matt and Mike Seidel. The Seidel brothers are on a roll as they get the victory with a double lightning spiral. For match number three, we see Andrew Palace versus Dante Martin. Top Flight's younger half flies high with a 450 for the win. Fourth match is Duke Davis and Gannon Jones versus Varsity Blondes. The Blondes show their new tag team finisher for a second week in a row, the Powerbomb Second Rope Edge-O-Matic combo for the win. Fifth match is Marty Casayas versus Brian Cage. Who better than Canyon? The Swolverine always asks who better as a Drill Claw takes the win as always. For match number six, we have Renee Michelle versus Layla Hirsch. Mrs. Rockstar Spud stands no chance against Legit and her cross arm breaker. Seventh match is Jake St. Patrick versus Lance Archer. The Murder Hawk breaks out a helicoaster for the victory. Eighth match is Rochelle Rose versus Diamante. Dia looks impressive as she wins with the code red. For match number nine, number nine, we got Will nine, Alday versus Lee Johnson. Nine. Big Shoddy makes the Nightmare family proud as he wins with a brain dog. Tenth match is Ashley Dumboise versus Penelope Ford. The Supergirl looks perfect as she takes the bout with a perfect plex. Eleventh match is Cole Carter versus Colt Cabana. Boom Boom's wealth of experience is just too much for Cole as he takes it with a Superman. Twelfth match is Danny Jordan versus Kylie King. The real Mean Girl's new tiara takes a backseat to the Queen Pin's win of Kingdom Falls. Thirteenth match is Liam Gray and Adrian Alanis versus SCU. The addiction will not be breaking up today as they win the match with a best Meltzer ever. And now for the 14th match and main event of the evening, we see The Blade and Private Party versus Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Ten. As I always say, AEW has the best multi-man matches in the biz. This match is full of clotheslines, suplexes, and net breakers with too many kicks to count. Finish him! After all is said and done, it is Preston Vance who puts it away as he has The Blade in a full Nelson for the tap. Join the Dark Order. Dark Order's 10, Preston Vance making the Butcher and the Blade, Blade of Butcher and the Blade of the Hardy Family Office tech. Join the Dark Order. So, uh, this main event, just another continuation of the Dark Order versus the Hardy Family Office. 
and you know, uh, in my opinion, putting in Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Ten. Those are those are really the big guns of, of the crew. Uh, John Silver is hurt, right? So he's not gonna be a part of uh, those matches. And yeah, so uh, five and three and. Colt's kind of up there too because of how much of a veteran he is. But these are kind of like kind of like the biggest powerhouses you have, kind of in my opinion. These three, so um, it's a tall order to ask of Private Party and the Blade. And but I think usually, in my opinion, usually the Hardy Family office goes over the Dark Order most times. Uh, lately, yeah, typically they have. Been. So I was a little bit surprised that. Um, that the HFO didn't win cheaply, but like I said, uh, these are like the maybe Dark Order's best lineup of three men, right? So, uh, <clears throat> so congrats to Dark Order for winning the main event, and yeah, this this was a good match. It really was. You can't go wrong with uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. These guys, you know, as the Super Smash Brothers, have been long term vets, uh, been tag been a tag team for a while right not just some two guys that you put together two singles wrestlers that you just put together right no yeah, yeah. uh part private party you know uh and so it, it's it's cool if actually now that you think about it the two singles wrestlers i guess you could say blades a part of a tag team but um we haven't seen butcher in a while right no um but blade and 10 are the ones to finish this one off right with 10 getting the tap out right preston vance uh, going over and yeah um so yeah let's quickly go into the promos congrats again to dark order uh promo number one is backstage with hfo matt hardy says tonight is beautiful because hfo can kick dark order's ass hfo was playing chess and uh matt chess matt's kids are smarter than dark order he says his, his oh, little wow. kids quite a statement right there yep Promo 2, backstage with Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Ten. Evil Uno says, Matt Hardy has been a thorn in the side of the Dark Order. They are getting most devious. They're getting the most devious person in AEW, the smartest person in the room in Uno. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, that's uh, definitely something to say about yourself. They are getting the, main, the man built for combat in Stu Grayson, and they are getting the most powerful member, the Ripped Ten. So uh, Evil Uno putting his guys over, right? Kind of basically the de facto leader since, uh, you know, unfortunate, the unfortunate passing of our guy, Mr. Brody Lee, right? The exalted one. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Those are all the promos of the night. Um, Dark is not the land of promos. They are not known for their promos. So that's all we get from, from that. And I would like to turn it over to you and give us maybe uh, some highlights on uh, three matches that you thought stood out or maybe you even disliked for all we know. Uh, but yeah, shoot. No, the matches I'm going to talk about, uh, definitely did not dislike them. I liked all, all of them. But the three matches I want to talk about real quickly is uh, first one being the Andrew Palace versus Dante Martin match. Okay. So, well, first of all, I have a question for you. Is that this... was the third match of the night. Yes. Um how many times is, this is not Andrew Palace's first uh, gig at AW Dark, right? I well, don't believe. So. Okay, how many? Do you know? Remember how many times he's like? Probably just a few, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, handful. All right, yeah, because um, yeah, he didn't seem like he was like out of play. He didn't seem scared or nervous. 
Okay. You know, like, I, I don't know, maybe because he thought, like, Dante Mars not really a big guy, dominant guy, so maybe that's what, or he's just confident, who knows. But, so yeah, I mean, Dante Martin, I, I knew he was going to win this match, and he did, rather swiftly. I mean, Andrew Palace tried to, um, he was a little overconfident, I feel like. You're probably trying to, you know, put it on for show as well to show Dante, maybe to try and intimidate Dante. And then, um, yeah, basically he tried to uh, clothesline Dante by blind, he tried blindsiding him by clo- clotheslining him. For the uh, bell, right as the bell was ringing, but Dante, of course, dodged it, then did a um, a, a standing hurricane on on him, and then he ended up finishing the match with a 450 splash. It was rather like I think it was like a minute and a half long, something like that. It was, it was really quickly, <laughs> right? And Dante just you know now he he's shown his dominance against a guy like Andrew Palace. So I mean, even though he's there to job out, Dante, you know. He he didn't really make Dante didn't really have to work too much, too hard for it, <laughs> <laughs> which is you know impressive in my book because that's like you know usually for like top you know guys like I don't know, Moxie or Kingston even or Cage, Lance Ar- I mean even Lance Archer's matches most of them have been longer than this match that Dante had of Andrew Palace. So, <laughs> uh, I was impressed with Dante here. You know I didn't know he was gonna win. The other match I want to talk about was. Um, well, he goes by my, Marty Casals here, but we call it, like to call Marty Demoth. Martinez. Yeah, based on because due to his ta- his stint at in um, Lucha Underground. Yeah, Lucha Underground a few years back when it was still a thing. That creepy bastard. Yes, and he the creepy bastard fought against Brian Cage and uh, another Lucha Underground alum. Yes, Brian. Yeah, exact. Uh, precisely. And the thing about like. You see, I knew Brian was going to win this. I wasn't sure how badly, though. I wasn't sure if it was going to be quick. I wasn't sure if he was going to be dominating the whole... But, like, I don't know if I want to say surprisingly, but Marty put up a great fight. It was a tough match for Brian. Like, he... Marty got him on, like, multiple suplexes, like, uh, Ger- uh, German... and Like, I think he even did, like, a deadlift German on him once, which is hard to do because, like... Brian Key's like, what, 285, 290? He's a big dude. Um, he weighs more than Marty Casals does. I think Marty was like 265, some shit like that. And I really like how just the creepy bastard just kept trying to do, you know, do his, you know, creepiness, trying to <laughs> on Brian Cage by shoving his hand in his mouth. And even when Brian Cage, like, would have him in a headlock, brought, you know, Marty's eyes would be, like, open his, and he'd have a big-ass smile, like, grin on his face, like, Kind of like implying that he doesn't mind or he enjoy even enjoys it. Um, I mean, it was very well fought, long fought, um, long fought bout for both of them. But I mean, we all know that eventually Brian's gonna get the upper hand and win the match, which he did with his drill claw. Uh, but no, he Marty made him work his ass for it though. It was not an easy match for Brian whatsoever. Uh, one of his toughest matches I've seen on Dark. And, uh, Which is a good thing. Yes, exactly. Very good thing. I'm glad it wasn't like a complete annihilation. Uh, and then the other match I want to talk about was the match between Kylan King and versus Danny Jordan. Okay. So the thing with Kylan King is that I'm not sure. Before this match, I wasn't quite sure where I stood on her because I know she's kind of like um, she's got like a friendship going on with uh, Big Swole and uh, Red Velvet, and so that's like the only kind of the only reason I even knew her because she was uh, friends of those two but I mean then I started to I'm starting to notice more and more her size like she's 
She needs to she's starting to utilize it a bit more now, but she has to utilize the crap out of it cuz she's she's a strong girl. She's she's very powerful. I mean, she gave and she, tall? Yes, and tall. And she could give Jade Cargill serious run for her money if she really tried like, you know, focus more on being like, you know, ha- have a bit of a mean streak in her rather than just being like, you know, she's happy just to be there. I know she's got to, you know, like really want it. And I mean, she kind of, she sort of showed this versus Danny Jordan. She whooped, um, after Danny actually kind of like uh, blindsided Kylan King at the beginning of the match, she was whooping Kylan for a while, which I didn't think needed to happen. And Kylan, you know, took the match a bit more seriously. That's just my opinion for, you know, all you Kylan, diehard Kylan King fans out there. You might think I'm crazy for saying that, but however, once, uh, uh, Kylan gets upper hand. She starts whooping the crap out of Jordan, and he gives her the flipping neck breakers left and right. And then Kylan King just eventually was the Kingdom Falls, which you know I love. That's a really good special. I I love that special. I love her finisher for sure. Um, and yeah, I think she has a. I think if she really, you know, if she had like a no nonsense type of character, even just a little bit, she doesn't have to be like you know an asshole or anything like that. But um, you know, just be have a bit of a mean streak in her, and like you know, want you know have that ambition then she could really be a, a top contender in the women's division. She could be a powerhouse, and she could probably, you know, be in, the same, in terms of strength and um, dominance, she could go up in the same page as, like, Jade Cargill or, or Nyla Rose. Right. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting uh, you, you bring up this match and bring up Kylan King uh, because I definitely have some things that I agree with and maybe just have, like, a different perspective on. I don't think of Kylan King as like the um, third person in like that trio of her Red Velvet and Big Swole. Yeah, I do. Ky- yeah. Kylie, Kylie King has been uh, here before that, and I really think of her as kind of like like just this dominant dark character, right? Like literally like a like a dark all star. She's always on darker elevation, and she always goes over. She's always yeah. facing the. Danny Jordans, the Jasmine Allures, the Tesha Prices, right? The, these girls that are always um, jobbing out to other ladies. Yep. She herself can be considered like an enhancement talent, but she's always winning, right? Yeah. So, I just want more for her. I want her to be on Dynamite more. Right. So I think I think of her as like, yeah, this big like winner, right? This big like kind of dominating presence in, in that, you know, lower card of the women's division. And um, the like, her friendship with uh, Red Velvet and Big Swole that comes second to me usually. And I'm interested. I'm like, where does she fit in there exactly? One and then two. Um, I I kind of do think of her as like this like big like mean person, this kind of no nonsense person until she's in a match with or hanging out with Red Velvet and and uh, Big Swole. It's like yeah. kind of like she's two different characters. She's like no nonsense. Like let me like beat the crap out of whoever I'm facing on dark, unless I'm like hanging out with those two. Then le- <laughs> let me let me like get my groove on. <laughs> so it's really funny. Uh, but yeah, Kylan King, uh, great finisher. Kingdom Falls, love it. So keep doing what you're doing. And yeah, hey, uh, and uh, take Miguel's advice if uh, you want, because he wants to see you on dark. So that's a, uh, I mean, dynamite. So that's, yeah, that, that's big praise. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, quick breakdowns of those matches. So let's quickly get into you know our events of the night. Um, you were gracious enough to give us your thoughts and stuff like that. Um, so I'll give uh, I'll start off with um, 
the spot of the night, right? Uh, the big, my favorite or best move that I thought happened in the event. Uh, I actually gave a honorable mention to Kingdom Falls. You know, uh, probably should do the same thing for Helicoaster, which is uh, Lance Archer's uh, newest finisher. Drill Claw is always impressive, but the two that I really want to talk about is. Um, the double meteora by the Seidel brothers to Aaron Fry. Uh, that was sick. I, I, I love it. I think um, that kind of gives me some uh, Golden Lovers vibes of like, you know, two teammates standing on the turnbuckle like side by side. You never see that in wrestling. So, or at least I don't. And so like just the second team of, for me to see do something like that. Very cool. I, I, I love that. And I think... I have to give my top spot to um, Mr. Young, Young uh, Martin, Dante Martin. Uh, the spot is a front flip into a Frankensteiner. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that. Someone actually do a front, you know, flipping tuck uh, to get his legs around someone on the top turnbuckle in order to deliver that Frankensteiner. He kind of botched it a little bit, but the fact that he was able to pull it off at all, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that. So I think that has to go. To, that has to be my top spot of the night. Front flip into a Frankensteiner. Ricochet, Osprey. I'm sure you could do it, so give that a shot. <laughs> well, yeah, so my spot of the night was when... Um... This is this might be a little underwhelming, but it was a match between uh, Colt Carter and Colt Cabana. It's when um, Colt wins. It's Colt winning with the Superman. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. So I chose that because for me, that's a just. It looks a little silly. Just it doesn't look too athletic, <laughs> and like Colt, just just that just. I like that so, he yells it. That so suits so Colt Cabana. Superman, and then <laughs> like it's a pin, right? Yeah. Like it. I think the way we grew up watching the Fed, like to have like kind of like a finisher be like a pinfall, it was very foreign. So when I watched something like Lucha Underground, where maybe like that is like a Lucha Libre kind of thing, um, it, it was really cool to see. And now we've seen it more and more. So in Lucha Underground, there was multiple uh, luchadors who kind of had like some like special roll up for a pin. I'm thinking of Drago, right? Or Dragon, Drago? Yes. Um, from uh, Lucha Underground, and uh, nowadays, uh, Darby Allen has one. I think it's called like The Last Supper or something like that. Uh, Orange Cassidy has one called The Mousetrap. So uh, to have uh, Colt Cabana have one in the Superman, it, uh, it's, it was kind of like I might have seen him do it before Orange and Darby, and uh, I thought it was really cool. I still think it's really cool. So um, yeah, good good pick. So my work of the night is going to be a little different. This could be considered a spot potentially, but mm. I re- either way, it's going to go to Evil Uno. Uh, so um, this one is the spot where Evil Uno is facing... Hmm, actually, no, I might not be. I might not give it to Uno. I was thinking about giving it to Uno when he uh, grabs uh, Mark Quinn's foot, gives uh, the referee Mark, Qu- Mark Quinn's foot that he caught because Mark Quinn was about to kick him. And then while the referee is holding Mark Quinn's foot, 
he delivers a neck breaker to Mark Quinn. I think like that just cool stuff like that I've only seen in places like PWG and really I've only seen people like the Bucks do um, some wacky and uh, things like that. And I just love that. But I think I have to give it to actually um, Cole Cabana who spins the ref mm-hmm. around to show that uh, Matt Hardy and the Bunny are interfering. So the ref throws out uh, Matt Hardy and the Bunny. I thought it was really. I don't. I haven't seen anything like that in a while, or maybe ever, where like just the ref is just continuously not looking at the heels, and literally the face has to turn the referee around to actually see, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, these guys are like cheating or whatever. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was a good spot by the ref and uh, uh, Colt and um, Matt and. Uh, Ali for selling that. So that that's my that has to be my work of the night. My work was the match, the quick match between Jake St. Patrick and Lance Archer. Uh, okay. Because rather than um, Lance <laughs> coming in and like you know hitting him before you know during his entrance and it continues, uh, uh, Jake tried to actually blindside like you know bum rush lance <laughs> but lance you know saw it coming a mile away and then just like um his while he was entering the ring i think he just smacked him okay and then but like even as he after he smacked him he finished like you know taking i think his necklace off and put in the ring then he what then he uh continued to whip his ass and then he won with the helicoster you can't go wrong with, yeah for, for basically since his time in aew lance or lance archer is like a walking like kind of like work of the night right yeah. just just like the whatever his character just uh is all about like interacting or fighting someone before and or after the (laughs) the match right it's like the guy is in constant motion constant uh action he's like the action star of aew so pretty cool great 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 pick um my match of the night okay so this one uh i want to give us uh honorable mention to um david david ali aaron fry matt and mike seidel uh, I think, uh, you know, this was, we all know that Matt and Mike are going to go over, right? The Seidel brothers. And I want to, uh, I think that it was cool that, uh, you know, the enhancement talent here, Ali and Fry, um, letting Matt and Mike uh, show, you know, what these uh, brothers can do as a tag team. So uh, that's definitely my honorable mention. And my um, match of the night has to be the main event, right? Uh, the Blade and Private Party versus uh, Uno, Stu Grayson, and Ten. Uh, I always say that AEW does a great job at multi-man matches, right? Whether it be tag teams or more than, like, the four people. Yeah. And this is a 3v3, right? The six-man tag. And it's kind of, you kind of see more and more that, like, Dark Order is becoming, like, the experts of, like, you know, 3v3s and 4v4s because there's just so many of them, right? Yeah. So they ha- they have to show some, like, nice tandem offense and some uh what's it called synergy and more than probably uh a lot of uh groups right if you look if you even look at jurassic express who has great synergy how often do we ever see them in like six mans anymore right usually there's you know just a focus on two of them so oh i get what you're saying yeah Yeah. so that's my that's my match of the night thank you dark order Mine was the Marty Casals versus Brian Cage match. Nice. Because I spoke about it already. You know, Marty put up a great fight against Brian Cage, made him work for it, work hard for it. Was not, did not, he lost, Marty lost, but didn't job out, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, 
and eating a drill claw another awesome finisher um to i i used to think of it as the steiner screwdriver because i used to be like you know steiner brothers uh time of like a finisher but now it's uh been passed down to the machine yeah <laughs> uh yeah so uh anything else any final thoughts on the night before we say goodbye uh no other than i want marty to moth to be all elite oh can we do that can we get that and marty... while i'm dishing it out i want man scott to be all elite too <laughs> dishing it out yeah you're just giving out contracts yeah right? <laughs> where's um where's our guy what el, guy el australiano yes where we need to bring i don't know where he is he's down under wherever uh or Mexico, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe it was because maybe that was pre-COVID. Maybe that's why we don't see him anymore. That won't right? Because we st- we were watching him in the beginning when we were covering. We started covering Dark um, in the beginning of the year, literally the since uh, uh, you know January first. Yeah, right? the beginning yes. of the year. So yeah, we don't. I, I if if I remember well, I think Australiano was probably that beginning part right yeah of uh aw of the year all right well thanks for uh, tuning in another recap of dark breakdown uh too sweet me good brother and watch dark on uh, youtube right, right? anytime lucha, lucha.